Jumbo fellow adventurer, it's Mike Dooley here to remind you of how powerful you are and how much you deserve by sharing spiritual tune-ups. These are live broadcasts Monday through Friday, each lasting 5 to 15 minutes, where I answer viewers' questions, bringing lofty metaphysical concepts down to earth for your immediate traction. You were born to succeed. You are pushed on to greatness every single day. Your positive thoughts are at least 10,000 times more powerful than your negative thoughts. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy a week's worth of spiritual tune-ups. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, Mike Dooley, happy Monday. Time for a spiritual tune-up with a question that is so extraordinarily painful if you don't have the answer. <clears throat> and that is how to find your true calling, your purpose, your dharma in life. Man, it is something everybody wonders, and it is something that everybody is doubled over in pain trying to find the answer until or if they are one of the lucky few who has stumbled into that zone. Having been one of those lucky few, I can tell you from a life of asking that question um, and the surprise the answer gave me, um, I have something to share. Okay, here's the deal. You've kind of heard it before. You're not going to be wild about hearing the answer. But if you really get it, you will be set free. You will soar. You will find your place and it'll be unlike anything you've ever experienced before. Your purpose, your niche in life, your true calling, or some might say your dharma, is not something to be found. It is something that will find you. Which turns the equation into a totally different one. You know, what do I do to enable my purpose to find me? It doesn't matter what you do, not what you wanted to hear. It doesn't matter just so that you're out there living your life in the moment, counting your blessings, a smile on your face, show up early, stay late. Now, when I say it doesn't matter, it really doesn't matter because you will be auto and self-corrected to that path. But I'm also being a tiny bit facetious because I know that when I say it doesn't matter, go do anything, I know you're not going to go do anything. You're going to weigh your heart. You're going to weigh your mind. You're going to consider your options. They probably all suck. I teach this day in, day out for 20 years. Assess your sucky, crappy, terrible options and choose the least sucky because it doesn't matter. What matters is that you go. And if you're choosing your least sucky, you are at least tuning into your vibe, your heart, and your mind. And that's as good as it gets. You will not ever open the front door and suddenly see the yellow brick road. Never going to happen. You will never wake up one morning and say, I know what to do with the rest of my life. That day's not coming. It doesn't work like that. You are pegged to succeed, however, if you embrace what's on your plate now. Be there fully. Be your best. Even if it's a 
terrible job you hate, you're better off going to it with a good attitude than quitting with no idea what comes next. Okay, now, I don't always follow my own advice. I quit my job at Pricewaterhouse 30 odd years ago, but by that point, it was so in my heart that I needed a reset. So there's a place for quitting your sucky job. But since it doesn't matter what you're doing, what matters most is that you're out there. So this is the first steps to take. Know what kind of life you want. Joy, financial abundance, creatively fulfilled adventure. That would be a really good starting point. Now, what's the closest, closest you can do in that direction? And it might seem like they're diametrically opposed. Do it. What's the best you could do to move towards a life of joy? Use your head. Use your heart. Is it going to be with creativity? Is it going to be something more predictable? Is it going to be, you know, even if it's getting a job and one day you want to be self-employed, if getting a job is closer to being in self-employed today and it makes sense for what you're going to learn and the terrain covered and the connections made and the joy had because you're going to meet friends, you're going to learn about yourself and you're going to have Christmas parties to go to, then go do that. Okay, so your purpose, your dharma, your niche in the world that no one else can fill is not something you can ask a question and know what the answer is. It's something that finds you when you're fully in the game. So for many of you now, maybe decades into this adventure, you're like, well, you know, theoretically it would have been nice, but I don't know. It's never too late. Just do stuff. Just do anything. Do it with your heart, your mind, and your soul with a smile on your face. Be there fully present and constantly be tweaking the course. Does this make sense? Should I go there? Should I try this? Do I need more schooling? Do I need more patience? Should I join Toastmasters? Tweak, adjust, tweak, adjust, and you will wake up one day as I did and realize you're already living the life of your dreams and that through a series of serendipities that did not seem extraordinary at the time, your path was changed your connections were made and suddenly you're traveling, you've got friends, you've, you're creatively engaged. You've, you, it's just like, and then you will wonder as I did, what role did I play in bringing about this magical life I now live? And you will see that it was very little other than the dream and you showed up, showed up with a glad heart. Jumbo fellow life adventurers, today's question is one uh, like, like usual that I have seen many times and heard many times. How do I manifest money when I have no job? How do I manifest money when I have no job? Similar question. I have a job I love, Mike. I'm a school teacher. I'm a whatever, fill in the blank. Um, but it's not going to make me the kind of wealth I dream of living in. Um, do I have to do anything different? Can I manifest this and keep the job I love that just doesn't pay well? In both cases, what you've got to understand is that right now in these sacred jungles of time and space, we are not yet at a point of spontaneous manifestation. That day's coming, okay? In the evolution of our consciousness, we will all one day be able to walk on water and pull gold coins out of our blue jean pockets without end. And that's, 
And until that day comes, however, it is incumbent upon you to do something equally, but daunting, equally miraculous, equal to manifesting gold coins out of thin air. That is, hold a vision of abundance in your mind, your desired end result. You living lavishly, uh, joyfully, surrounded by opulence, or however you want. There's nothing unspiritual about that. Hold that vision in your mind, and then contrary to what your physical senses are showing you about your reality and its present omission, you must physically move in the direction of that vision. And this is where the miracles take off. Then, very imperceptibly, there's slight edits and modifications and an invisible morphing to your experience, your circumstances, your people in your life, all leading up. As long as you keep holding on to that vision in your mind and you keep showing up, going out into the world, I'll talk about that in a minute, to the best of your ability towards abundance, everything starts lining up leading you to serendipities, so-called coincidences, happy accidents, or yucky accidents that turn out to be a really good thing, suddenly leading you months or years later into that life that you were thinking of miraculously, but yet imperceptibly, yet in alignment with all of your other thoughts, your empowering beliefs, your limiting beliefs, in alignment with a whole world and seven and a half billion other co-creators. This is the magic you perform all the time, but the in integral ingredient beyond holding the vision that contradicts your reality today, which is no big deal, you can do it. You know, all kids play make-believe, so do grown-ups. Hold on to that vision of wealth and abundance. Now, wouldn't that be nice? Isn't that cool? Oh, I might do this, I might go there. Creative visualization, vision boards, great rocket fuel, and then do something about it. So to answer the question, how do I manifest money when I have no job? Or I have a job I love that I would never dream of leaving, but it doesn't pay well. How do I manifest more money? You must, I hate to use that word, until you're manifesting gold coins out of thin air, you must physically move to the best of your ability in the general direction making logical and intuitive sense of the journey in the direction of wealth and abundance. That might mean taking a job at the mall for an hourly rate in the beginning. Just what is the best you can do towards moving towards uh, wealth and abundance? If you're a teacher and you love your job, don't leave it, but write a book on the side. Uh, become a consultant on the side. Teach other teachers online virtually. You must knock on other doors. Think not that you must figure out the path. No, don't, don't go there. Just like figuring out your purpose and your dharma that we talked about yesterday. You just need to kind of show up and then clarity will be given to you. Your purpose will be revealed beneath your feet. Abundance will cascade upon you with no end if that's your vision, and if you're doing what you can to move in the direction of abundance. Again, 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 I must reiterate, it will seem futile. It will seem daunting. It will seem ridiculous. Do it anyway. One path leads to another, leads to another. And as Martin Luther King Jr. said, as you go higher and higher on that staircase, you can see things you never imagined prior to your ascent. So hold to the vision, move towards abundance, buy a lottery ticket, one a week, 
start the book, start the business, get a job. I'm just giving you possibilities. Get another job, get a better job, ask for a raise, do what you can. It's the most practical stuff that's going to be available to you um, that will get you going. And then from which infinite possibilities, serendipities, so-called coincidences, your life blasts off in wealth and abundance, friends and laughter, and all else that your heart desires miraculously. Fasten your seatbelts, because here's a topic that probably has resonance with 97% of the people. How to feel better about birthdays and aging. Okay, I, this is something I wrestle with to this day. Uh, I'm, I'm not proud to say. Uh, for those 3% of you out there that are just cool and happy with where you're at, thank you for being a model to the rest of us. For the 97%, here's what I do. Uh, it's a work in progress. Uh, I'm 59 years old. I have a six-year-old daughter, my only child. And I think all the time about, you know, me getting older and she's so young and things like that. And it's like, wow, okay. So here's what I do. It really helps me. It puts things in perspective. I begin with a realization that all angst, all anxiety, 100%, whether this topic or others, stems from you eating the forbidden fruit and not realizing that you're everywhere always at once a God particle, God Almighty come alive in the dream of life. We fall in love with the illusions. We try to micromanage them and we use them to define who we are, where we are, the progress we're making or the progress we're not making. And then we tag along with a primitive society that creates expectations out of bogus thoughts that you only live once, um, this is who you are, you only get one chance, uh, a bunch of lies, a bunch of inaccuracies, and they want you to follow a certain path. They want you to get married at a certain age. They want you to have a certain number of kids. They want you to have a certain orientation. They want you to have a certain skin color. They want you to have, you know, everybody's being misled by the illusions and not going within and finding their own divinity. They don't see it elsewhere. And they draw these conclusions that create all this angst. And you're getting older and you haven't achieved this and you haven't gone there and you haven't done the other. It's like, ah, what we all need is a heavy dose of truth. Okay, three things here. I'm going to elaborate on each in just a moment. Number one, there are no supposed tos in life. Number two, where, you, where you've been is awesome. Number three, you are so much more right now than who you think you are, that you're blowing it out of proportion, that this is all I've got and this is who I am and the clock is ticking and oh my God, anybody would freak out over that. So each of those points, let me put some legs under the table, okay? Uh, no supposed tos. It's been said by many, my mother used to say it all the time, comparisons are odious. It's also been said that comparisons are the thief of joy. Both are spot on. Don't take the bait. There will always be somebody, if not millions or billions, who seem to have it more together than you. It's not true. 
You are God's only chance to be who you are. This is a fleeting, precious opportunity. God didn't want to be a, a typical, you know, white dude or anything else. Uh, so many kids in certain age. It's like God only experiments with infinite possibilities. And each one of us is one of those sparks of hope and possibilities. And we are more than that. So do not compare because you haven't done something yet doesn't mean you're supposed to do it. And because you haven't done something yet doesn't mean you won't. Look at me. I got married when I was 50 years old. Number two, where you've been is awesome. Okay. Your life has unfolded in such a perfect way. When I feel like, oh man, I'm so old. Look at the gifts it gives you. Look at the mileage under my feet. Look at the places I've visited. Look at the people I've known. Look at the relationships I've had. Look at the highs and look at the lows. That creates such a foundation of stability that things can only get better. The best of your life is now beginning today. And it's a good thing you, you didn't do those things you wished you had done 10 years, 20 years, 30 years ago, because they wouldn't have gone as good as they can go now. And granted, okay, you know, if you're 95 years old, you're not about to start having a family. But you are ready to have happiness. You are ready for joy. You can improve your health. You can improve your finances. I mean, don't be defining yourself by what you can't do. Define yourself by what you can do. And you're going to need 10 million lives to just make that list as accurate as possible because there are an infinite number of things you can do with the rest and best of your life right today. So don't define your life by what you can't do. Define it by what you can do. And once you make that list, you know, five or 10 sexy items along, then start doing them. Okay. So where you've been is awesome. You have set the stage for the best of your life. There's been no mistakes. There's been no accidents. Now, the third point, you are so much more than who you think you are. We over-identify with the body. You are an internal being of light, a gladiator of love and joy. And you came here just to taste it. Meanwhile, you are simultaneously in an infinite number of other realms. And there are an infinite number of parallel universes so that there are an infinite number of Mike Dooley's and fill in your name here. Life is not what it appears to be. Don't use your physical senses to pass judgment on where you are, where you're headed. The past holds no bearing uh, to the future and your physical senses cannot see the magnificence of your multi-dimensional essence. You are everywhere. You are always. You are at once. And now may be the time to start experiencing some altered states. I'm not talking about any drugs, um, but just go within, reflect, ask big questions, and start cruising through time and space and going beyond. You already do it in the sleep state. Uh, I'm starting to do it in the waking state. There's so much there. So don't be comparing yourself to anybody else. They can't know, you can't know. You are precious, you are special. And then one final trace thought, which is a little bit wonky, but we think this is our one and only chance to, to do whatever it is you now want to do. It could well be that you crafted the stage of your life today as it is with the probabilities as they are, 
because in the last 12,614 lives, you did have 2.3 kids. You were married to your childhood sweetheart. You did make a million dollars, dineros or pebbles or bam bams. Okay, so it's like, don't compare. You've been there and you have forever. It's not a clock that's running out. Time is your friend. Time is on your side. Where you are is the right place. Bloom where you're planted. Celebrate your age. I feel even better. I can't wait till next year when I turn 60. It's going to be like another, no kind of 60 anybody has ever seen before. I love my life. I love my age. I love my wisdom. I love my life. I love my daughter. I love you for letting me preach like I do. So have an amazing day, you young whippersnappers. You are all indeed spring chickens. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, happy Friday. Time for a spiritual tune-up. Thanks for your questions. That's where I get my talking points every single Monday through Friday. Today's question showed up a couple of days ago, and it's one that I've I used to wrestle with a lot. Mike, is it okay not to want stuff? Well, sure, right? Um, how about the concept of goalless living? You know, goals like a dream, something you're pursuing, goalless living. You know, there, there's something to that. It's kind of beautiful, kind of a, a surrender. And I used to be very critical of myself and human beings in general because I noticed even as I was teaching the nature of reality, life, dreams, and happiness, that everyone, I mean everyone, is all about changing their life. Everyone is all about changing their life. Even you are. And I would think, man, is that a sorry reflection on humanity that no one's happy. And then I realized my mistake. We too often put off our happiness for goals or dreams to come true. And when they don't come true, we're unhappy. When they do come true, we create a new goal because we're still all about change. And there's this unending chase for next, bigger, better, faster, next, bigger, leaving us perpetually unfulfilled and feeling flawed. It is this connection with happiness to satiated desires that is the problem. Otherwise, that we constantly want stuff? Hey, this is the nature, the hallmark of divinity in our soul. Do you think God ever cops out and says, I don't think I want anything anymore. I'm done. I've been there, done that. No, God never stops expanding, growing, exploring, loving, loving in new ways, loving from new heights. And this is what we are, God particles in that pursuit, which means we are blessed with eternally wanting stuff. It is impossible to not have desire. Even a wish to be goalless, suddenly goalless is your desire. Suddenly not having goals becomes your, your goal. Do you see the irony here? Goals and desires are synonymous with consciousness. A blade of grass, an amoeba, they all desire expansion, growth, glory in their own amoeba-like ways. This is the mark of the divine in our soul. The trick is 
Don't put off your happiness for reaching the goal because you'll reach it and then there'll be the next one. And then your happiness will be put back on hold. We're all born with a divine sense of incompletion. That's what I've coined. A divine sense of incompletion, which gives us a reason to get out of bed every day, which gives us a reason to live. Now, here's another area that we make it very difficult. We think thoughts become things, law of attraction. I got to wrangle in my mind every imaginary bell and whistle or I'm going to go without. And so we become massive, we become massive micromanagers. Here is the ticket. Here is your answer to goalless living as close as you could ever get. Know what you want. Know that it's happiness, peace, love, fulfillment, maybe rocking relationships. As I always teach, let your desires and your goals be broad brush so the universe can micromanage. Divine intelligence can be on the case. The universe knows the bells, the whistles, the who's, the how's, the when's, stuff that you can't possibly imagine with your tiny little human brain. So instead of having goals of this, that, this, that, this, that, this, that, which drives you crazy and perpetually puts off your happiness, let your, let your goals be broad brush and general. Call them priorities for transformation while you enjoy who you already are all you've already manifested, happiness in the moment. They're not mutually exclusive. You can be happy even as you seek to expand. You can be happy easy even as you move towards that new car. You can be happy even when you're single because you know soon you're going to be hooking up. You can be happy now. Don't put it off. Bless this divine sense of incompletion. It's not about erasing goals. It's about having a different broad brush, big picture approach while you're happy and letting divine intelligence connect the dots for you. Welcome to another spiritual tune-up. These are made possible by your questions. Today's, ooh, the spiritual path of LGBTIQ souls. What is the spiritual path? Talk on the spiritual path of LGBTIQ souls. Well, well, okay. Now I am heterosexual, um, but things like this are easy to get to the crux of with a little bit of contemplation. Uh, and so I have a bit to offer and I hope I do, um, I hope I do service to those asking this important question. So, uh, interesting that the question was explain the spiritual path of these souls. Um, there's a couple of interesting things to that. And I think it's kind of more profound than the typical curiosity of perhaps folks who are not in that category. Uh, their typical question is why? Why do you do that? Why do you have to do that? Were you born that way? Did you choose to be that way? And then uh, listening to politicians, it depends on whether or not people were born that way or they chose to be that way as to what rights they should or shouldn't have and whether or not it can be fixed. Oh my gosh, this misses everything. We're all different. 
There are seven and a half billion people here who have different lions and tigers and bears. Every lifetime is a confluence of beliefs, leanings, desires, fears, decisions, and whatever we brought over from other lifetimes. This is what yields someone's inclination or gender identity. And it's the same for all of us. And sometimes it, it pops this way and we are not in that category. Other times it goes the other way and we are in that category. But it's so irrelevant as to why. It is what it is. And people are here to love and move to the light. We all have the exact same agenda. So it doesn't matter, even though this wasn't the question, how or why somebody's gender or orientation is a specific way. They are God particles, fully fledged, adored spiritual beings, and it's none of anyone else's business as to what they may be on any given day, just as I don't want anybody poking into my life on any given day. Now, to turn this to the, the crux of the question, which is rather deep, um, but problematic. And hear me out because I think you'll understand what I'm saying. This is a question about the spiritual path of LGBTIQ souls. And at first I thought, you know, what is that spiritual path? Because I haven't gone there myself thinking about other people's paths in this way, particularly a category, supposedly, of other people. And uh, the, the best I can come up with is to tell you, and, and hear me out, is that it's the exact same path as mine. And that our gender and our orientation has nothing to do with our spiritual path. Yet, we do have lions and tigers and bears. All of us, no matter what our orientation or identity is, we all have sensed inadequacies. We all have a feeling that everyone else gets it except for us. But because the LGBTIQ community has been labeled and ostracized and judged so unfairly, they have come to think of themselves as tainted, as different, as needing definitions as to perhaps even their soul path. Beloved, you don't have a different soul path than any one of us. That only furthers the argument that you're different. And here's an interesting point, LGBTIQ. I had to look up the IQ this morning. And haven't you noticed that it's gone from being gay to LBGT and IQ? And, and there's more. And now there's flags for all of them. If this was done correctly, there would be seven and a half billion letters because all of us are different. It's not like there's the, the heterosexual or the, the so-called implied normal and then all these other special people. There's nothing normal about any of us. We're all of God. And so to buy in to the discrimination that has been foisted upon these innocent spiritual beings who are a product of God's magnificence, as we all are, to a degree that if you're one of them, you too think you need special identity, special lessons, a special path, a special understanding of your unique situation, neglects the fact that we're all unique, that we're all different, that we're all scared, that we're all trying to find out who we really are. And as I have often um, quoted, 
Ram Das, we're all walking each other home. And if somebody's favorite color is green and someone's favorite color is yellow, they don't, they don't need special treatment and they don't need anything other than a recognition that they're just the same as me and you. Now, again, that is not to diminish or gloss over the hideous discrimination suffered by people who identify differently than, you know, four million, four billion people uh, who are inclined or leaning or oriented differently than other people. Uh, again, uh, their plight has been horrific and unjust and undeserving to the degree that they see themselves differently in a way that they shouldn't be seeing themselves different because they are the same as all of us. We are all the same. We are all totally different. We are all, we, you know, anybody whose life would be examined by a microscope, um, their idiosyncrasies, their proclivities, their uniqueness, it would be horrifying. And we all have something to hide and we all have something to be proud of and we're all here as God moving towards the light. So I hope I did uh, the questioner service. Um, from an L-G-B-T-I-Q-A-B-N-R-O-N. I mean, it should go on and on because we're all that different, if you get my drift. Well, there you have it, fellow adventurer. Thanks for listening to this most recent installment of Spiritual Tune-Ups. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a few seconds to rate it on the podcast service you're using right now. It makes a big difference in helping more people find us. And of course, if you want daily reminders of life's magic and your power, please sign up at tut.com for my free notes from the universe emails. Tally ho!